It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. For the next 31 days on the FCPA Compliance Report, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. Whom should you suspend during an investigation? Who to suspend during any FCPA investigation is always a delicate question to answer and frankly never easy. As the VW emission testing scandal continued to reverberate, it brought up many naughty questions, many of which have bedeviled many a CCO and compliance practitioner in multiple areas. Deconfliction is also an issue which has bedeviled and continues to bedevil investigators and internal investigations. During the VW emissions cheating scandal, the Wall Street Journal reported that the internal investigation by the company's outside counsel had suspended a large number of engineers, larger number of engineers than previously acknowledged following a recommendation from the law firm conducting the investigation. The article went on to state that Jones Day urged suspension of anyone who could have been involved in the scam, from high-level decision makers to ordinary engineers, to prevent possible perpetrators from tampering with the evidence. This final statement emphasizes a key consideration in any investigation, which is to tie down the evidence. Mara Sin, Director and Senior Counsel, Global Compliance Investigations at Zimmer Biomet, has said, Probably from the government's perspective, the most important aspect of setting up an investigation is in a way that makes them feel comfortable, is to make sure that everything is locked down. However, if you are worried about ever evidence tampering, you may have a bigger set of problems on your hands. Pointing up to the difficulties in making such a blanket sweep, an unnamed source who provided information was quoted as saying, we had to suspend everyone in the area to get them out of the process. This is necessary for the investigation, but it's really hard for us now because we're missing their professional knowledge and expertise. This brings up another point Sin discussed around who to suspend and when to suspend or discipline and employ during an investigation. This is a very case-by-case -case difficult question to answer, but in general, I think it's better to keep them around for as long as you may need them. Once they've been fired or otherwise disciplined, even if you keep them around, they're going to be less cooperative and possibly if you fire them, not cooperative at all. You can require them to be cooperative in the termination agreement, but obviously in practice, cooperation can mean a lot of different things. Lenny Brewer, the former Deputy Attorney General, that's DAG, in the Obama administration and now a partner at Covington and Burling, raised an interesting concern in this area in the context of the Department of Justice's 2016 FCPA pilot program. It is around what Brewer termed deconfliction. This involved the government asking the company to halt its investigation for the government to be the first to interview witnesses. Speaking at the FCPA blog New York City conference, Brewer said that if deconfliction is required as cooperation to gain the benefits of the pilot program, such a request from the DOJ would be an extraordinary request because it could lead companies to be unable to disclose to other agencies or to shareholders, or it could keep a board in the dark about alleged wrongdoing. In general, public companies can't stand down from doing an investigation when such an allegation comes in. 
He did also add that he'd been asked to do so a couple of times. Brewer raised four questions during his presentation, which every investigator must consider in the area of deconfliction. One, would complying with the request be consistent with the director's and officer's fiduciary duty of oversight? Two, how can a company make decisions without speaking to its employees? Three, how will a delay affect the company's other regulatory obligations? And finally, four, how an external counsel can advise a company without knowing the facts? Companies hire external counsel to conduct thorough investigations and evaluate their client's conduct and provide informed legal advice. These tasks can be difficult, if not impossible, to accomplish where external counsel have had their hands tied behind their backs. Clearly, the DOJ could have a broader remit or be involved with other ongoing investigations where they might make such requests. However, such a deconfliction could stop a company from engaging in a root cause analysis or even a robust investigation. At the same conference, Jerry Crawl, Senior Vice President, Chief Ethics and Compliance Officer and Chief Risk Officer at Brown Foreman, said that his company did an extensive root cause analysis of every claim or incident so they can understand not only what happened, but put sufficient risk management protections in place to make sure it does not happen again. If you have deconfliction, you may not be able to do that, and that certainly could be a difficult thing to not only <clears throat> prevent the incident from happening again, but then you'd have to demonstrate to the Department of Justice uh, and the Securities and Exchange Commission, both um, at that time and later, when your uh, or how the effectiveness of your uh, remediation uh, was impacted by this. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, number one, obviously the theme of this piece and um, the contents in it are the decision on whom to discipline and when to discipline. And these are critical decisions in any investigation. You don't want bad actors around, uh, but on the other hand, if you need cooperation because of your investigation or to present evidence or witnesses to the Department of Justice, you want to be able to have some level of cooperation. You can have a cooperation agreement, but if uh, the person's been paid or they're not going to get paid or they've lost their pension or they've lost their benefits, uh, you probably really have zero chance of getting their cooperation going forward. So it's something that you need to think through, even if you have to keep them on a payroll longer than you might have uh, wanted to. The Volkswagen example is particularly difficult because there you really run the risk of, and, and Volkswagen's counsel was concerned that Volkswagen employees were destroying evidence. And this obviously uh, takes it to an entirely new level, but if that's going on, it's something you have to consider. Two, this really is a case-by-case -case analysis. And whatever your decision is, you need to write up something so that you can present to regulators uh, to uh, substantiate and defend your decision. And then finally, the deconfliction question can be tr quite troubling during an internal investigation. So if you get requests for it, you need to have serious discussions with the DOJ about how it will impact your investigation and remedial going forward. This is Tom Fox. I hope you will enjoy this month's offering on hotlines and investigations. A 31 days to a more effective compliance program. If I could ask you to do so, would you pass on to at least one person this podcast series on the nuts and bolts of compliance as I'm trying to expand my audience base for 31 days to a more effective compliance program. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow where I take up another topic in innovation in compliance. Thanks again for listening.
31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.